Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. To compete with them by yourself. Blog Talk Radio. Mr. Pop. The views and opinions of this show do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of this network and its affiliates. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Audible. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the SFL Audible. It's your host, Nelson, here with the wonderful KT, Ben, and uh, Bernard. Here tonight on Monday, hope you guys had a wonderful holiday. Hope everything was awesome and great, and you got to spend time with family as much as it was safe to do. And if you work for the retailers, uh, hey, shout-outs that you survived another retail holiday in a climate that is the worst with COVID and everything. But, hey, thank you for everybody who's joining us tonight. Thank you, KT. Uh, I know you were, we were just talking off air about you being a little bit under the weather. Thank you for joining us. And thank you to Bernard. Uh, thank you for joining us tonight as well. With you. So we actually, today on the show, we, we plan to have our commissioner, Cam Erron, in the building uh, to kind of talk about just all the things that SFL related. As the commissioner coming in and, and, and talking to all the guests, please, if you, if you can, uh, if you'd like to go ahead and call in to speak to Cam, uh, the phone number is 516-418-5467. Or if you're part of our Discord or not part of our Discord, search Inside the League. You can go in there, go into the live show section of the Discord where you can go ahead and put questions and we will go ahead and ask these questions to Cam. But without further ado, Casey, I think Cam is actually in the room now, uh, if we can get him on, on, on the phone. Cam, right. is that you? What's going on, Nelson? Hey, it's good to have you, Commissioner. Every, I hope you had a really good holiday. Um, you know, last week this was supposed to happen, but you know what? It's, it's meant to be because the whole show it's centered around you today, and if any listeners or any of the SFL fans or players or anybody want to call in, they can, and uh, I'll be monitoring also the questions for you. So if you have any of the guests tonight who are, or any of the fans who are listening tonight, I can ask for you as well. But I appreciate you taking the time to be on the show tonight. Sure thing. Love reaching out as always, and, uh, you know, people are going to think that I told you that the show had to be that way now, so... I'm gonna I'm gonna get emails about that. You know what? You can't make them all happy though. So at the end of the day, Commissioner, uh, you know uh, they're just gonna have to take it for what it is. I, I <laughs> but um, thank you again. You have uh, KT, uh, Ben Warner, uh, Benjamin Warner, and you have Bernard Smith also here as well. They're gonna be the ones that they have some questions for you lined up and everything. But we just all want to say thank you again for taking the time to being on the show. And uh, it's always a pleasure, and I know we'll have a lot of fun tonight. So, uh, gentlemen, if you'd like to go ahead and 
and uh, get started with Cam so the listeners can uh, hear some of these questions. So uh, the first question I have, and it kind of goes back to what went down last year. This is Casey, by the way, um, with the Chicago franchise. And obviously we've kind of gone past it, but for the listeners, you know, there's a whole big to-do in Chicago, and obviously the team was disbanded and new ownership took over, moved to L.A. But my question to you, Cam, is uh, how important was it for you and the league to really protect the shield in a situation like that where – there was a lot at stake. There was a lot online, and you guys kind of came out, made a forceful decision, and made the correct decision. How important was it for you, for you guys to get it right um, in that situation? Yeah, essentially, and it's a great question. You know, essentially, it came down to, um, you know, what is what is there, what is left of the leadership leadership structure of this organization? Um, you know, at this point in time franchises are not just about one man or one woman anymore. Um, it's about a unit. It's about, um, you know, a coaching staff, a front office staff. Um, it's about everybody. Um, and, and that team had a chance to kind of sink or swim. Um, you know, when we announced some suspensions, some, some needed suspensions for violations, um, you know, to the rules and, uh, to the league affiliation agreement, et cetera. Um, and they didn't swim. Um, you know, it just, it kind of fell apart and the league had to take a look at, at the, the, the whole body of, of work of the franchise and the health of the franchise of that leadership structure. and just had to make a decision for, for the players. What gives, what do we feel like is in the best interest for the players on this team? And and what is in the best interest, as you as you said, Casey of the Shield, um, and and we felt like um, in the instance of Chicago, unfortunately, it just it, it needed a a cleaning of house. Um, it didn't need to be folded. We have folded franchises before um, to where the franchise just ceases to exist. Right, that is not what happened here. Chicago was sold to Los Angeles you know, and, and, and all that, that went into that. So uh, we didn't feel like the franchise just had to be completely disbanded. And we did that primarily because there was a locker room to save, whereas we would fold a franchise when a locker room has just been completely torn apart by an issue and everybody's gone, right? But there was certainly a desire from the players to continue to play together um, Los Angeles ownership wanted uh, to honor that as as much as they could, um, and did so. You know, through through re-signing, I think I think eight of them uh, ended up coming back. So almost half the locker room was able to stay together through all the turmoil. So it really just came down to, um, you know, what is the health of the of the front of the organization as a whole. Um, and it, it just quite it just wasn't very healthy um, and, and needed to needed some, some big changes um, in, order to, uh, uh, in order to save it. So we're unfortunate that we lost such a great market in Chicago. Hopefully we will have it back one day. Um, but we gain a terrific market in Los Angeles, a market that we haven't been in in years, um, and that uh, you know also had some run-ins in the past with ownership issues. We hope that we're behind that and that the, uh, the Lycans are – are just uh, nothing but a positive to this 
to the shield and, and to the league. Yeah. I, I think, uh, again, Cam, what you, what you do uh, is you look at everything, and that's really appreciated from that standpoint of how you look at things. And I know that wasn't an easy situation. You know, we were blessed by that situation to get KT and Ben to join the fleet. Um, in that situation, but I think always understanding how, you know, the, the backstory to it, I think is pretty awesome. Um, and I think, honestly, you talk about the team, shout out to, you know, LA, but I think all the teams you've been able, the ownerships have approved, right, with, with, with the owners' meetings and everything else, and the people who got their, their teams now, I think every single one really speaks about taking it serious. Like, I, I think they take it serious. They understand what's behind it, the understanding around what we're trying to do as the league. And it's exciting. Like, I think every single people from Fort Worth to Portland to the Lycans moving to, you know, Chicago moving to, to L.A., to D.C., to uh, San Diego, all these new teams that are coming out, man, they, they feel like they know what to do. And it's so just so exciting. And it's not to, to say anything about older teams, the older teams that have done it and that are still around are still doing it. Right. The Queen cities, the Florida's, uh, the Houston's. Right. But I think bringing in these new teams and seeing how they see like yourself trying to protect the shield and, and do everything they can to, to really preserve this product that we enjoy and love. Um, I think it, you got, we're doing a really great job and I'm very excited to see even more of the growth that I know is coming in the future. Uh, but KT, did you yeah. have anything else to add? My bad. Uh, no, we can go to Ben. Ben, what's your question? Hey, Cam, this is Ben Warner. Thank you for being on the show tonight. Um, so this offseason, you guys created divisions, um, and I thought this was a really great move. So I wanted to know, like, kind of the thought process of creating those divisions and how that's going to impact the league, not only this year but in the future. And secondly, um, I know you can't obviously – pick a specific team to root for, but I wanted to know which division um, out there is most intriguing to you. Yes. Uh, good question, Ben. Um, and I wanted to, to piggyback off of something else and said, you know, when you look back at the player progression era, which is season 10 and beyond, we folded one team. We've expanded by four teams and all other franchises are still in the league. So we've, I think season 10 and beyond, we've reached a level of stability. We've had some teams change hands, obviously, through, through the natural sale process. But it hasn't been any sort of, you know, need for sale or force of sale, those type of things. So we, I think we've reached a pretty good level of stability in the last couple of years. Um, and it is nice to see, you know, that stability around the league, particularly entering this season. Um, teams actually just received roster files to today, um, four days after roster lock. Huge shout out to the roster management team, the player personnel team. Um, we've got 19 days to kick off, and our teams have official league files, and that's definitely a record. So, um, you know, things are things are running smoothly there. Uh, but divisions, you know. It, it was – it's something that um, I, I've always put in the category of trades where everybody loves them until they have to be in them. Um, and then everyone's like, oh, well, now, now I remember why we don't have these. Um, and I wanted to make sure that if we were going to go to divisions or conferences that we did it for the important reasons and not for the empty trophies or just to – 
guarantee teams a home playoff game, things like that. And so it was really done, number one, for the very important purpose of um, it, it was getting to the point that tiebreakers were not mattering in ways that they were intended, meaning that a lot of times strength of victory, strength of schedule were determining these three, four, five, six-way ties that you get when you have one league table because common games wasn't able to be, which is essentially head-to-head with similar opponents um, that you, uh, amongst the teams that are tied. So in a way, head-to-head is still mattering in factoring playoff seating. Because there, were, there would be so many teams tied, um, it was harder and harder and harder for that tiebreaker to take place. So it was entering into sort of the math zone, uh, making it very difficult for, um, you know, to, to kind of wrap your head around, well, what do we have to do exactly to, to get in the playoffs? Because there were so many variables and scenarios. And that's great and all for the, dr- for the dramatic purposes of the league. But it's kind of hard to sell on TV. Uh, it's kind of complicated. And when the league has to wait until five games left in the season before it can even spit out, you know, scenarios of, of all the different things, that's kind of a problem. So divisions, what that allows us to do is, is, it, is it allows us to give, get another tiebreaker in play, right? In the NFL, when you're trying to determine wildcard seating, we saw it a lot actually in this bracket of the NFL season, um, when you're trying to determine ties after you, um, uh, after you go to head to head in common games, you go to conference record, right? That's a, that's a, another easy way to sort of cut the, the strongest from the weakest and, and just kind of point blank. Um, then you have division record as well. We didn't have either of those tiebreakers, to put in play because there were no conferences, there were no divisions, all the games mattered the same. And that's great on the one hand, but on the other hand, it makes things really complicated for tiebreakers. And we don't want complicated tiebreakers or your strength of victory being 487 while your opponents is 490 to be the reason why you're left out of the playoffs and why someone else gets in. We want the reason that you missed the playoffs ultimately, ideally, to be because you didn't beat the teams that you needed to beat um, how, in whatever ways uh, those games end up happening. So divisions allow us to, to enter in um, a, a very easy and clear-cut tiebreaker that helps us determine things. So I'll give you an example. If you have a 7-5 and five team from the Pacific, a 7-5 and five team from the North, and two 7-5 and five teams from the East, and we have a four-way tie at seven and five. That Eastern, those two Eastern Conference teams, that tiebreaker will be broken first, right? Well, who, who's the division leader? Who is leading that division, right? If one of them is leading the division, then the other one is automatically last if all of the others are also leading in their division, right? Because the division leader becomes a tiebreaker. Are, are you a division winner in a tiebreaker amongst teams that did not win their division? That helps us give a clear cut so that you're only dealing with two division winners or three division winners 
rather than having to put them all in the same pot or the same pool. And if you have two teams within the same division, then division record matters as a tiebreaker. Um, and that gives you that extra tiebreaker, um, you know, so that you don't have to hopefully go into all the minutia of those, those more complicated uh, tiebreakers that are harder to determine uh, right off the bat. So I hope that that makes sense. That'll, that'll help us um, in determining uh, playoff seedings, and it just makes it a little bit more clear-cut for people. Winning a division does not guarantee you a home playoff game in ours. I think it's kind of embarrassing that the Washington football team is not only in the playoffs and the Miami Dolphins are not, but that the Washington <laughs> football team is now hosting a team that won three more games or four more games than they – I know, Nelson, I'm so sorry. It's just the point. It's just the point. It, 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 it puts emphasis um, and advantages that are really unnecessary, um, and, it, and it causes this whole – efficacy of, you know, well, are the best 14 teams really in the playoffs? We really, you know, we don't know, but that's the system that they have in place. That's not the system that I want in place for our league. We want the best 12 teams, no matter what we want division winners all in the playoffs, but it only helps to win your division. It doesn't guarantee you much of anything except that you get in. But when you've got 12 teams and six divisions, the odds that a division winner is just so bad that somebody's left out in the cold are pretty slim, um, you know, compared to having eight division winners in a 14-team playoff, those type of things. So um, that that's really the main reason, um, you know, for, for doing it. Uh, but in terms of, of making up the divisions, um, you know, it, it really just came down to – looking at, you know, historical com- uh, competitiveness, um, uh, you know, natural rivalries that have been formed. Uh, there was a divisional alignment that would have had Tulsa paired with um, with Texas teams, but left Houston to fend in the south um, with some different opponents. So Houston has some natural you know, Houston and Louisiana are very very close to each other in terms of, you know, it's just a shot down Interstate 10. Um, they're both kind of in that, that southern um, Gulf part of the country, and so it would make sense for them to, to be in the same division. But they don't have as natural of a rivalry as Houston and Fort Worth or Houston and Lone Star or Houston and Mexico City even have had over the years. So, um making sure that those, you know, that rivalries were kept intact or reborn in the case of a Queen City in Baltimore um, or in the case of like a Carolina Jacksonville, those type of things. Um, we wanted to, to keep those intact as well um, and, uh, and, and kind of give us a, a chance to make sure that we protect a few games but also provide the league flexibility to, um, to give – you know, tough teams, strong schedules, um, struggling teams, easier schedules by having nine games or eight games that are in flex outside of the division as well. Um, so that if you're in a quote unquote tougher division or quote unquote weaker division, that doesn't mean that your season, that you just get to run roughshed again in the NFL, six out of 16 games are, um, within your division that is over um, uh, over 25% of your games 
um, we tried to keep it around the same percentage uh, in our league so that uh, things stayed in flex. Um, and that's why you don't play every divisional opponent uh, twice. You only play the divisional opponent that is uh, closest in comparison to your record twice, meaning that the the division winner will always have the tougher schedule or the toughest schedule in the division going into the next season and vice versa. So um, a lot a lot of different components to divisional structure, uh, but we feel like we've struck a good balance, and I'm really looking forward to seeing it all play out. And to answer the last part of your question, Ben, I'm really intrigued by the Pacific Division because most hey, people don't good. expect don't expect uh, it to be a division that is much talked about. And that usually is a division that always gets talked about the most at the end of the day because people didn't see it coming. Um, because I think that, that all four of these teams um, certainly have a lot to prove. Vancouver has been very successful the last few seasons, but has struggled winning in the, you know, the biggest games against the, the highest of competition. Portland is coming into their second season. Los Angeles um, is under new ownership and San Diego is a brand new franchise. There's a lot of, there's a lot of mix and match within that, uh, that division. And um, it is, it's intriguing. And uh, I, I, I have no idea who's going to end up coming out on top there. And I, th- I think it's pretty wide open. Yeah. Thank you very much. Uh, well, I, yeah, I appreciate that. Um, I will, before, you know, we move forward, I do want to acknowledge, you know, my Washington football team is a division champion regardless of what it looks like. <laughs> um, but, you know, and, and uh, Bernard's only mad because he's a Giants fan, so. Uh, that is why I am too. Say, I am too, by the way. Oh, yeah, AK, you can wallow in pain on another time. But uh, call about it, talk to each other, and cry about New York all you want. But, um, yeah, Cam, you know, I appreciate it. And I understand and I appreciate you looking at our division a little bit more, uh, which is great. So, thanks. And Bernard, I think I think uh, they have a question for you. And again, if um, if anybody do, does want to call in, please uh, you can call five one six four one eight fifty four six seven and ask Cam a question, or you can join us on our Discord channel inside the league. Go to questions section on the live show and ask Cam a question. Nonetheless, but Bernard, go ahead and ask your question to Cam. All right, how you doing tonight, Cam? I'm doing good, Bernard. How are you? All right, all right. Um, honestly, so myself and Jason France, we were having a conversation, and honestly, one, I just want to verify. So this season, we are moving from all pro to legendary in the Sims, correct? That's correct. All right. So the question that I have for you is, one, what's the reason for the move from all pro to legendary? And then... What do you feel is how do you feel it's going to affect the league? Yeah, so I think the reason I don't think that that the teams uh realized exactly what the impact would be before it kind of started, right? It was more of a theory um that legend uh difficulty would tighten gameplay, meaning any any sort of um you know, any, any, it, it would lessen extremes. 
Um, it would lessen the, man, I feel like we just never stood a chance today. Man, I feel like we were playing well and we just kind of got it ripped away from us. Or the, uh, the game plan was just thrown out the window way too early or was executed poorly or, you know, things like that. Those type of extremes, um, the, the thought was um, by increasing the intelligence of the AI – um, not in a way that was that is unrealistic to how the game came out of the box, but in a way that was obviously programmed within the game. Um, that might tighten up gameplay um, to help make things uh, feel a little a little more um, on your feet, almost kind of like um, a fighter in the ring, kind of bounces on his toes. That's legend difficulty, whereas all pro is just walking flat-footed, right? He's still in the ring. He can still throw punches. Um, you know, he's, he's still got a mean left hook, but he's not, he's not bouncy. He's not agile. He's not thinking on his feet as much as, as, much as um, you know, another, another boxer who's more agile might. And so that before the league did anything, um, in that way, particularly since we've been on all pro difficulty for 15 seasons, particularly because our averages in terms of points per game and yards per game were almost identical to the NFL numbers from this season, from the NFL's 2020 season, our season 15. They're yeah. almost identical. Um, and so given all that, right, we obviously have some terrific gameplay um, but but can we um, can we make it a little better? And what we saw in a in a in a test of 132 simulations on both All Pro difficulty and Legend difficulty, because the owners and huge shout out to Tom Raman, Ramos, Lynn, uh, Nacho Sicario, and, and others that worked on the project. Um, but uh, they really wanted to be sure that that we did this right and that we were we're sure of the results and the changes before we went just willy nilly making adjustments. Um, and kind of what we found through the process is exactly, you know, kind of, as I described, not that we knew that was going to happen, but we, we saw that play out. And one of the interesting side effects of it playing out that way is you saw home teams, in a, in a matchup between the same teams of 132 simulations with the same playbooks, with the, with the team one playing at home, the same amount of games as the team, as a team two played at home, we saw home field victories drop from about 62% to 52%. And that was kind of a shock to a lot of people. Um, because – that's a big difference, especially when you consider that you ran 132 simulations with the same players and the same playbooks and the same everything, and you did the exact same testing 132 more times, and you saw very similar um, yardage marks, and you saw very similar scoring marks, but you saw scoring margins 
decrease. You saw, you know, you saw games tighten. You saw less 80-yard runs, and you saw more 20-yard runs four times, right? You weren't uh, okay. seeing these, these, these rip-outs four, five, six times a game. You might see it one or, one or two times a game. That makes sense, right? But you're just not seeing these, these crazy games where you've got eight plays of over 60 yards and it just, just all of these busted coverages and broken tackles and, and all of the things that, that plague video game gameplay. Um, and, and what you saw is sort of a, a, a tightened up game. For example, some games you might, you might see a defensive line just go absolute ham, right? They get 12 sacks. The offensive line seems like it can do absolutely nothing. You just don't see that. You might see eight sacks or nine sacks, but you don't see the, the wild and crazy extremes that, that kind of fall outside of simulation. Um, and that's what we want to see because all 24 of our teams are extremely competitive and we don't want, um, you know, we want the element of chance in there. That's a part of the game. Um, you know, sometimes you're still, you're still going to have games where guys break tackles. You're still going to have games where you're going, what the hell is, are we doing out there? This is not what we mm-hmm. wanted. This is not, you know, you're still going to have game plans go south. All of that's still going to happen. It's just That's not going to feel mm-hmm. like it's being taken from you, right? It's I and and obviously I can't guarantee that. It's always up to the interpretation, the eye of the beholder. You know, people are going to make their excuses uh, instead of looking in the mirror, right? It's always easier <laughs> to do that. That's still going to exist, but it's just I, I believe we're going to see um, improved gameplay this season from the standpoint that it's you just. <laughs> You're going to see the extremes, but it's not going to feel unrealistic. It's not going to feel like, um, you know, the, the world is against you. It's going to feel like, all right, that was a pretty good play, but he's not going to do it again, right? We're not gonna, I'm not going to be worried every time this cat touches the ball that he's going to bring four tackles and is going to be off to the races, right? I'm not going to be worried about that. Yeah, good play. He broke that one. Our defense isn't going to do that again. We're going to get him next time. Um, and, uh, and so with that, you know, we'll, we'll see, we'll see how, um, uh, how that looks on the field this season. You know, I, I, um, I'm intrigued. I'm interested. I'm certainly, I certainly would not have made the adjustment without um, the owners going, going all in and, and doing all that significant testing. Um, but mm-hmm. I also have, have talked with teams and teams know that for many years, you know the on-field product is is uh, is in their hands, you know, and they can they they can make rules to adjust things, and they can make tweaks to gameplay, and you know they can do those things, and that's totally within their their realm of expertise, right? I am not a coach. I'm I have a zero and zero record as a coach. I've never had a team. I've never put together a playbook. What the hell do I know, right? You 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 let the people that know the most about things make those types of decisions and that's what we let our teams do that's what makes the sfl special and so i'm i'm really looking forward to uh you know to looking at that and it's always important to note that you know that this the league the object of the league is to take control away from you 
and the teams mm-hmm. that that desire and crave ultimate control will always find ways to blame their lack of control for why they won or lost the game. Um, and and it, as, as a word of caution to players, it's not about if we just would have had more control, we would have won the game. That's not why anybody loses in this league because nobody has – everybody has the same mm-hmm. amount of control. Um, and so the object is to, to make you feel a little helpless, a little desperate, um, a little on edge, a little uneasy, um, because mm-hmm. that's what makes wins that much sweeter. Um, you're still going to have that. That's still going to be an element here. It's not like now game plans matter 100% and, uh, you know, the game of chance doesn't matter at all. That's that's definitely still prevalent, and you're definitely still going to feel it. And I apologize in advance because half of you lose every season. Um, but but it should it should be – um, I, I'm looking for, for some, some real smoothness there um, and some great football. We have some terrific football and some terrific coaches. I think it's going to make a big impact. Definitely. I think, I think definitely with that change, it's, it's definitely going to show more of um, the coach's strategy more than just the game at this point. But I think it's definitely an, an amazing elevation to the game. It's gonna, it's gonna only only positive things can come from it. And how players progress and their skills will matter more too, right? When when you exactly. increase the intelligence of an AI, that means that that the that better players play better, and that means that that bad players don't play as bad, right? Everybody's yeah. a little smarter. And that, that makes a huge impact to, you know, offensive line, defensive line, defensive backs, you know, that, 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 that thinking when a running back hits a hole, that thinking by that linebacker, that thinking by that fullback, that thinking, everybody's thinking is heightened, which means the, the being successful in any one given play is just naturally going to be a little bit harder. Um, and that's, you know, that, that, will be a big testament to players and how they improve as well. Yeah. So, Kev, we have two questions for you from the listeners. Uh, One comes from our free safety of the Portland fleet, Bob Funk, who says, with the division format, are you excited to see the new rivalries that will be formed? Yeah, um, I think in particular having, you know, just like the NFL does, having all divisional games in week 12 um, and seeing how that impacts, you know, what divisions are there for the taking still. We could have a situation where we've got an 8-3 and three team and we've got a 7-4 and four team. And if that 7-4 and four team wins, they could either get in as a wild card or they could win a division, which could impact – they're seeding because if you win a division, like I talked about, you, you gain some tiebreaker power there. Um, and so there, it gives meaning to winning your divisional games, um, you know, winning a division title. It can open a lot of doors up for you, and it might uh, include some teams that otherwise would have a slimmer chance of making the playoffs. Another example would be, if you are five and six, if you're trying to get in the playoffs as a six and six wild card, you might have a problem. But 
if you can sure up a division and get in at six and six, you may leave a team that is six and six but didn't win their division out of the playoffs because you finished six and six and you won your division, right? And that could be the deciding factor. And so having those divisional games could greatly impact your team. Even if you're not playing the team right ahead of you, you, you know very simply you're counting on you know, one of your rivals to, to pick up a victory or to choke away a, a, a game. You know, and, and so that's going to be very compelling. Um, and it's, it's going to heat things up. You know, one in particular that I'm excited to see twice this year is Louisiana and Atlanta. Pickler versus uh, Dynasty. You know, hair flip for smack talk. Um, it, it's two two teams that are really excited to win um, and and take the next step as a, as a as an organization. That that's great to see. You know, they're going to try to dominate the headlines in that division. St. Louis and Tulsa are going to have to say something about that. But it it does it does sort of breed a a new. Um, a new meaning, right? A Jacksonville, Florida. Yeah, they've always been rivals, but now it means something. Only one of them can win a division, right? So which one is it going to be? Um, and they get to settle that score twice a year. So the, these type of things will be very fun. Denver, Sioux Falls uh, is another one that, I mean, you know you're going to see that twice. Yes, Vice Wars is protected. Yes, that's in week 12. But Denver and Sioux Falls are two heavyweights. They're going to have to fight it out. Who's winning that division? Um, you know, a Mexico City Lone Star or a Mexico City Houston, you know, those type of things. So, yeah, I'm super pumped to, to see kind of how rivalries form over time. And obviously stability makes divisions great. You know, the NFL is at the same 32 teams since, what, 2002? And so all of these teams, even, even when it doesn't make much sense, right? Why is Indianapolis in the AFC South? Well, because all the teams they play in the AFC South – we know them as rivals, you know, Indian Houston, Indy Tennessee. You, you know those games are going to be on the calendar every year, and that and that gets fans hyped up. So our stability will help make these divisions great too, um, and looking forward to the rivalries. Awesome. Hopefully uh, that answered Bob's question. Now you have a second question from Ashley Jackson, a.k.a. A.J. Stryker, who says she has two questions for you. Are there any new sponsors for the SFL this season? The second one I'll share. Oh, I just just right off the right off the bat, I love that question. We're gonna have <laughs> we're gonna have a few announcements coming this week. Um, we have uh, done a deal with a company that supplies mini helmets, and every team wow. has a mini helmet in the store. Um, and they look great. Uh, after three um, uh, three mini helmets are purchased by that team, that team can uh, can get an alternate color, right? So so um, you know if, if Portland starts off as white, they can get an orange or a blue or whatever the case may be. Once once three are sold, which is essentially just to make sure that you know we're selling out of it, we're selling inventory there. But yeah. um, uh, that company's great. Uh, that that news release has been all written up. It is worked up and ready to to be put out. You'll probably see something about that tomorrow. So we're really excited to to add that sort of to our merchandise lineup. 
And I can't wait to get an updated SFL mini helmet sitting on my desk. Um, it's going to fire me up every time I walk in. So that's great. Uh, all, all helmets are 35 bucks. Um, and then uh, uh, 20% of those sales go back into the league. So you're supporting the league that, um, you know, that, uh, um, you know, has its has its financial struggles from time to time as we try to keep costs low um, and try to bring in revenues from outside sources. So, um, super happy to have that company aboard. You'll learn about more, more about them um, in the coming days. Um, we also have been working for months with a, a new website partner um, or a new website company to reimagine our league website. Um, I am super excited about this project. While it's not everything I wanted to get accomplished here in 2021, I, I do. I have been told before that I have big dreams. Um, it is it is a lot of what we wanted to accomplish, um, and they have been terrific. Their team has been outstanding. Um, they're based out of Utah. Again, we'll we'll have that announcement coming out later this week. A little bit more about who they are. Um, some companies, local businesses that they've worked with. Their team has done a phenomenal job on the site. And they have told us throughout this process, I've had probably 15 meetings, um, you know, to, to as we take the next steps uh, towards getting this um, website relaunched. They've told me, we've never seen a website with as much crap as you guys have. Um, there's, I mean, the sheer amount of games and players and photos and team, you know, logos and branding and all this, there's so much that goes into our website and, you know, it's really been, it was really time for it. We managed our own website from 2013 to 2017. Um, and, and I used to do everything with that website from writing articles to posting, to edit, editing pages and looks and all that stuff. That was, that was all on me. Couldn't do it anymore. There were just too many, too many players, too many things, not enough time. So we worked with, uh, with a company called the alchemists. Um, and they do, they do templates for sports and esports organizations and things like that. So that, that helped us along with, uh, Liam Crowder over in London that helped us um, kind of get, get something new off the ground that, that was a little bit more organizationally sound, helped us with statistics, um, you know, those type of things. And it's done that since the summer of 2017. That was the last time the league really had any sort of major overhaul to how it presents itself online. Um, the 2021 is all about new present, you know, that, that, new way to present yourself online, whether that be, you know, to social media website, all that type of stuff. And, and we really took a look at our website and we said, what are the, what are the main issues or main problems with this site? The first main problem is that if you're a new person trying to figure out what the league is about, it is very, very difficult. You have to go through a complicated menu system. You have to find the pages you're looking for. It really doesn't, it really doesn't scream at you what exactly you're looking for. Um, and, and so we wanted to fix that. The second thing we wanted to fix is where's all the important stuff, right? Where are, where are season leaderboards? Where are our, you know, all time records? Where are, um, you know, our, 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 um, you know, where's our schedule? What games are next? 
where are the games on TV? Where are they being shown? How can I watch these games? Right. Those, those type of things, including simple things like, you know, an off season calendar, where'd it go? Right. There was a news story on it. Now I can't find it. It's buried like in page four of the news or whatever. Very difficult to, uh, you know, to find information. Um, and then, and then, you know, the, the third thing was, you know, we, we've got to get updated information um, about the people in our league, the depth of our league, right? Who are our broadcasters? Who are our owners? Who are the, the front, office, front office staff of the league? We want people to be able to, um, you know, to see that. Um, about our league, our history, you know, a more detailed breakdown of what happened in 2015, what happened in 2017, uh, you know, how the game works, all the different ways you can get involved as a player from, you know, front office position to a communications director to a player to a coach, whatever, you know, having descriptions of how that works, how simulations work, how you win a game in the SFL, how you lose a game in the SFL, all that stuff we needed on our site to, to be able to present um, to our fans, to our newcomers, to our current, you know, batch of, of, uh, of players. And so, um, so that was, that was big and they've been super helpful in, in getting us to this point. Um, I I mentioned that it wasn't everything I wanted. I want to, I want to completely um, uh, change up, uh, you know our statistical service it is it has run its course it is it is it's not there's not a live stats functionality so you can't get live stats on your phone there's not um you know a a really great system for pulling individual player records um you know franchise records very easily uh things like that you know we want to improve those parts of the game we haven't gotten there yet but we hope to uh, in the future. And then we're working on, uh, with, with different partners, uh, which will be announced much later, uh, just because it takes so long. Um, but, uh, working with different partners on automating some of the things in our league that are still being done by hand contracts and progression being two big things. We need to get that automated. Um, and we need to, to be able for a team to go into a portal, pull up any contract of any player, submit that, that contract to that player, have that player accept that contract, and then that contract show up in a transaction log on the site so that you, you, when you accept your contract, your transaction is posted and we are done, and you are signed on to that team and you are put on that roster. So these, these type of things um, need to be expedited and improved so that we can keep up with the growth of the league so that we can expand faster so that we can open up more slots on teams faster. And so that's sort of like phase two of this, this sort of, um, you know, digital revolution, but phase one is nearly complete. Uh, Everything's looking great. You're going to see, you know, social media links, team website links on, on team pages. Um, You know, you're, you're going to see bios and headshots of a whole bunch of, you know, big names in the league, get to know more about people. Um, There's a lot of things. And and in a release that we'll put out this week, there will be a full uh, bullet point list of – of the new things that you'll see with the site and everything, you know, it's, 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 it's still community content driven. It's still, you know, it's not like all of a sudden 40 
professional writers are going to come out of the woodwork and you're going to see an article written every 10 minutes, right? <laughs> it's not going to be that explosive. Um, but I think, I think we'll see a, 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 a very leveled improvement uh, to our league site. Um, and that's, that's a, a huge accomplishment for, for our team this season. So we'll be announcing that partnership uh, later this week as well. Now we do have some things in the works um, uh, on the partnership side. Um, and, and I can't speak more specifically just yet because we're trying to, to firm up some things. Um, but I hope to, to keep bringing them on. And by the time we get to the start of the season, um, you know, have a, have a whole handful of new partners that, uh, that really helped make this season possible. So, uh, I'm, I'm super pumped. Um, there's a lot, uh, there's a lot in that question, um, because there's a lot of work that's been that's been done behind the scenes this off season to um just like we do every off season you know where are where are we struggling uh to to match growth uh where do we need to improve what is oldest what needs to be fixed um or repaired or replaced or you know whatever the case may be um and that was that was certainly a big one so um so yeah, that's what we're looking like going into 2021, and there could be a couple more things down the line too. Well, that's pretty awesome, Cam. I, I, I didn't, I didn't know. I think that's one thing that makes me so excited about this league. And like I talk about it all the time. I joined season 14. It is now season 16, and the mass amount of growth I've seen in two seasons has just been phenomenal and awesome. And it's honestly why I'm so invested in this league with you. Um, because it's just how much effort you put in. When somebody busts their butt and they have so much effort, you're you're naturally gravitated to do the same thing. So I think that's really awesome to know what you have in this store, and I can't wait to get my mini helmet uh, so we can try to get these alternative colors as well and really support the league. Uh, the second question she has, which has nothing to do with the SFL, give me the disclaimer now, why the hell would he want to still be a cheesehead? You can answer that on air if you like, or you can DM her the answer if you like as well. Um, but I think she was just seeing how angry you are towards other teams that aren't Packers. So uh, would you like to answer that question before we move on? Yeah, number one, because we're not mediocrity like the 8-8 eight and eight Bears are every season. And, <laughs> number, and number two, because <laughs> why – would I want to be anything else? I love cheese. So, you know, there there you go. Look, no disrespect to any other Chicago fan, but I have a particular problem with Chicago now just simply because Ashley is one of them. Um, she is a constant thorn in my side with this Bears stuff, and I don't understand why she continues to support C-minus anything. Just let it go. Just uh, let them go. The, uh, it's going to be all right. You are very cheesy. I can be that, yes. And Eddie says, bear down. So now you just got them to now uh, jump on the Ashley Jackson. <laughs> Here's to Aaron Rodgers' retirement. So clearly, Cam, you broke the internet right now because now chat is going crazy. <laughs> Well, I said to Ashley earlier today, she's going to be up. You know, she brings it on herself. 
I told her that Aaron Rodgers is not close to retiring because he just threw 48 touchdowns and five interceptions, and she could only dream to throw 48 touchdowns and five interceptions in the SFL because those things just don't happen in our league. <laughs> and so she shouldn't – jealousy is not a good color on her. Um, she, she, just, she just needs to let go, um, you know, and it's going to be okay. Again, I, I don't – you know, all other Bears fans, I – you know, I sympathize with you. Um, I am worried about your health, but I don't. I don't hate you like I hate Ashley for being a Bears fan. It's just, it's just. Uh, there's something about it. It's it's like, it's like seeing somebody that is trapped in, um, uh, just it's trapped in where they don't they don't truly want to be. You know, but but I can't I can't help them. I can't get them out. They're stuck in there because they just won't admit. They just won't let it go. And and I I just I can't help. I can't help you. You're you're behind the glass. You're banging. You need my help so much, but you just you just won't give me the keys. It's um, yeah. It's a tragedy. It's a tragedy. <laughs> Well, I appreciate you taking the time to, to acknowledge that, Cam. I really do. I know uh, KT has the next question. KT, go ahead and take it. Uh, yeah, real fast. This is going to be a serious question. So now I feel like it, I feel like I'm an asshole asking a serious question. Um, in you know, last couple of weeks, there's been some conversation on Discord amongst um, some players in the minor league system about not having an opportunity to get to the the, the SFL due to Various reasons they brought up various issues with retirements and then people coming back and positions and certain positions not being available for everyone. Um, I'm not sure if you saw it. I just want to get your thoughts on it because um, th- there was some spirited conversation. I think there's some valid points on each side, but I want to see what you thought about the conversation a couple weeks ago about uh, some minor league system guys. That I wouldn't say complaining, but bringing up some concerns about possibly getting brought up or staying in a, in a minor league system too long or not. Yeah, I I think I saw some things there. Was there anything in that specifically you wanted me to address, or or just in general? Uh, I mean, this, there's a couple of things they mentioned about how you know there might be a player who would retire and then come right back, which would take a spot from them. Um, how right. you know, especially some of the skill positions, there aren't a lot of spaces for them to get moved up because you know quarterback, running back, wide receiver, those positions are pretty stacked in the league, so. That was kind of some of the conversation that was talked about, I think, within the chat. Yeah, yeah. So, so my my response to that is, we're our league is only, um, we're only as um, giving of opportunity um, to the opportunities that we have, and if we don't have enough opportunity, then it's our job to create more opportunity. And the reason why I say it that way is if that player was in the other person's shoes, would they want their player taken from them and given to somebody else? Would they want that, right? And in most cases, the answer is no, because nobody likes having something taken from them. That's difficult, especially when you're a paying customer just like somebody else. You know, I pay the same as you do, man. I, 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 I just want the opportunity. I love this league. I don't want to leave because you're 
you feel I'm in your way, right? I don't, I, I don't want that. And, and if I was, you know, if, if a rookie was in a vet's shoes, they wouldn't want that either because they, <clears throat> at that point, they, they're just they're in love with their player, the team they play for, you know, all those things. And so it becomes a very – you grow an emotional attachment to uh, the player that you have, to their records, to their legacy, to things like that. And, yes, obviously, you know, we reach a point where from a simulation side of things, it starts to get, you know, it, it starts to get a little crazy in terms of the yardage and things like that. But even when you look at our records compared to, you know, I think I think Matt Wilson has 28,000 passing yards or something. Julian Tyree has like 28,000 passing yards. I think, what does Tom Brady have? 60,000 or something? I mean, it's not, the numbers aren't even comparable. Um, when you, you know, when you look at it like that, I think, I think our, Passing touchdown leader as like 227. Rogers just threw 48 this season. Like it. it so th- there's from a numbers game, we're not quite there yet for full on, you know, full blown panic mode. But I look at it as okay. Well, we we need to keep up with the demand of our product in a responsible way. Um, and when it and when opportunity starts to become slimmer, there's two things that happen. Number one. Um, that's that's the result of a premium product, right? If you think if 2,000 people walked through the door tomorrow and said, I'm ready to have a team, right? Say we get a deal with NBC and our games are on NBC now. You think the thousands of people walking through that door are all going to get an opportunity? They're not, right? Because we're one league and we can only grow as fast as as we can our objective is to be able to grow faster than we currently are but that doesn't it's it's not a magic wand type of solution so what the league does is it it you know it it tempers its marketing we're not going out and putting blasting facebook ads everywhere and anywhere to drag in a bunch of people to the league because that wouldn't be fair for opportunity, right? That would create very, very limited, very few, very small opportunity. And we don't ever want to be in that position, but we do want to be in a position where, yeah, you kind of have to, you know, work to get the spot. That's, that's what makes it valuable. You know, in, in life, the most valuable things are the things you work for. And, and so that's what we're trying to simulate. Um, so we want that level of, you, you, you want to stand out from a crowd so that you are a first-round pick, so that you are a second-round pick. There, there is a level to that that we want to uh, replicate, but we don't want to leave people on the sidelines to where it's just, you know, it's just impossible. There's like 80 people and there's like four positions. That becomes not fun. That becomes um, difficult to, uh, you know, to sell or keep keep belief or keep hope or and and we don't. The, the last thing we want is people to feel hopeless in our league because there's plenty of things to be hopeless about, you know, elsewhere. And we don't want, we don't want you know, people feeling that way. That, that's a little too extreme. So it's all about finding that balance, and it's all about creating more opportunity where there is an opportunity, you know, adding depth to the running back position, um, you know, on, on the quarterback side of things, 
you know, you, you could see uh, raise subscription prices for quarterbacks simply because, you know, if you want to hold on to your spot, then you got to want it. And if you don't want it, then you don't want it, you know, and someone else can, can give it a go. But if you do want it, um, then then you have to go get it. And that's that's simply just, you know, it's it's not greed. A, a few bucks isn't going to, you know, isn't going to move me out of my 07 de- decapitated CRV uh, into some Corvette. You know, it's not it's not about that. It's about, you know, what do you do? You want it bad enough? Um, and and at the quarterback position, you know, we might have to do something like that because there really isn't much the league can do aside from you know having seventy teams and having all these people that want to be quarterbacks be quarterbacks. There's just not a lot we can do. Being a quarterback is something that is very special, and if people have lost sight of that or they don't, you know, realize that as as that great of an opportunity, then somebody else will make them realize it. But there's there's lots of different, you know, issues related to different positions. Running back is just a depth issue. We can improve the simulation in that. We can, you know, instead of somebody getting 30 carries, RB1 gets 22 carries, RB2 gets 8 carries, you know, those type of things where we can, we can make it a realistic um, simulation improvement while also providing – uh, that opportunity. Whereas at the quarterback position, it wouldn't be very simulation if after the third quarter you yank the guy and you put in the backup. Oh, that uh, that sounds mm-hmm. like something I just saw Sunday night. But I can't remember where I saw it. That just, it, just it. it doesn't. It uh, yeah, looks very we, good. We, we don't want to talk about that. We don't, <laughs> as a Giants fan, I can't talk about that. Right it, does, it doesn't have a good look, right? So, so we wouldn't we wouldn't want to do that right at that position. But at other positions, it, it makes sense from a simulation standpoint. It's what you see on Sundays, you know those sorts of things. So it, it's it's really not. I'm not a big proponent. People naturally retire all the time. Yes, the Eddie Gages, the Dr. Sims, the Matt Wilsons, they're gonna get, you know, they're gonna get all the well. What about these guys taking up these spots? But what a lot of people forget is the natural 20 to 30 players that just naturally retire every season over time. They step away and those new opportunities take shape or someone takes a front office role and they sacrifice player skill in order to take a, you know, a decreased level. So someone else can have a bigger opportunity or retire their player. Tom Rahman is a perfect example. Tom Rahman moved aside so that Sully Richardson could keep his player because Raman now owned the team and Richardson got an increased role within the organization. And what are they going to do? They have two quarterbacks. So Tom Raman has to make a decision. Does he want to improve his staff or does he want to have a player? Right. And so Tom chose, okay, we're going to improve our staff and we're going to bring Sully on board. We want to make sure that we have a quarterback spot for him. And so that's one of the probably underrated uh, off-season moves, and that is that is natural retirement, right? Tom Rahman just naturally, okay, my quarterback is is done for now, um, and we're going to roll with this QB. And if you know if Sully leaves, I have no doubt that, that all right, let's let's go find someone. You know, I'm not going to take that spot. So there there is for for every scenario where where a guy's playing in his 10th, 11th, 12th, 13th season, you can't make him, 
you can't necessarily make him the enemy or blame him for doing that. Wouldn't you want to do that if you were in your 10th, 11th, 12th season, the things like that, and you, you have that, that affinity with your player? Eventually, that all just runs its course. Um, and for some people, it runs its course faster than others. Um, for some people, I like, to, I like to say, you've lived a whole NFL career in about eight months because you've just blasted through about every single storyline and situation, you know, from free agency to stirring up drama to, you know, to, to making big things happen in the league to, you know, like a lot of people can have, uh, you know, careers that all sort of uh, explode in storyline very quickly. Right. And so, you have you have some guys like that, and then you have some some guys that really don't blossom until their fourth, their fifth, their sixth season in the league, and so everybody's kind of different. So when it comes to you know to creating opportunity, my my focus it doesn't mean that it doesn't mean that we shouldn't look at how to retire players or how to regress players as they age or those things. It doesn't mean that we shouldn't look at that. It's just not where my focus is because my focus is never going to be on taking things from people. That has not worked as a strategy anytime the league has tried to, to take anything. That, that's, that's not um, what we want for our players. Um, we want to be able to give opportunity, not take it away. Um, and and that's, that's really the, the main focus that everyone around the league should be on, on improving the league, right? How do we create the opportunity? Don't focus on taking it away from someone. Focus on how we can create more of it, and that's going to take us to where we want to go. Um, and eventually, yeah, you're going to see a league where a lot of people want to play, and you're in their spot, and you'll be saying, I'm glad I got here when I did. You know, I'm glad I got here before all those people showed up because, man, they got it tough down there. And I'm sure that there are there are some veterans in this league saying that about the rookies this year. Man, that's tough. You know, they start from base copper and they started. They have to they play in the minor league and they get to see their player, but they don't even know it's not even a guarantee they're going to be drafted. When I showed up in the league, I just showed up and got a spot, right? And, the, and you, you've heard those stories before. Um, and and the same thing is is going to happen with, you know, the next classes that follow. Season 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, when, when you have a league that, that can only grow so much that, that looks to grow to 1,000 players or whatever, eventually we're going to get there. And then what, right? Then, then we really are going to have, you know, a league where you've got you to prove yourself every day. You've got to make an impression. You've got you to try to find a spot. Um, otherwise, you're going to be on the outside looking in. And that's uh, – that's what creating a premium product is, is all about and trying to take care of, you know, all of the, the players that are in the league because um, that's the focus, right? If you're on the outside of the league, we want you in the league. We hope you get in the league, but we're taking care of the people that are in the league right now. So find your way in, figure out how to make it happen. Um, and that's life. And that's, you know, life's kicked me in the teeth plenty of times. Um, you know, trying to grow this thing. And that's just, that's the reality. You got to, you got to work to get what you want. And if you really want it, you'll find it. We had, I mean, David Leathers is a perfect example. He just, he just got here and he got drafted, but it wasn't easy. 
he had to wait till almost the end of the third round to finally get scooped up because there was a lot of great people on the board. And he had to jump a lot of people in a very short period of time to even give himself a shot. But he did it because he's a nice guy. He's a humble guy. He's, you know, and, and, and he's well-mannered, and he's going to be a great addition to D.C. Those type of stories are great stories. Um, so it's, you know, it's, it's obviously a good problem to have. Um, I think there are ways that we can improve on creating opportunity um, and continuing to provide that to people. And in the meantime, you know, everybody go to work. Um, make, make a name for yourself, make a career for yourself. Um, and I promise it'll feel so much better on the other side. Right. Yeah. I think we have one more question hey. from, uh, from Benjamin Warner for you, uh, commission. <laughs> hey, Cam, I, I just, just want to say, um, I'm very disappointed you're a Packers fan. Go Patriots. Best team in the league. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be back next year. Uh, my question is um, Hold on, let me let me get the let me get the waiter. We have to add one more to the table of mediocrity. Hold on. We gotta get an extra chair. <laughs> yes, welcome to the party. Go ahead, Ben. He's not affiliated with us anymore, hopefully. But uh, <laughs> about yeah, for the fans. Um you know, we've built a great relationship with them. They've hosted a lot of our games on Twitch and on um FTF on T V. Um any exciting plans with them for the future? Yeah, we should know this week, um, you know, kind of what the schedule looks like with 11 sports and for the fans. Um, you know, this off season, um, we kind of took a break from television production, had some things to work out. Obviously, it's a fast-moving industry, right? Digital, linear, um, you know, lots of different opportunities out there. We want to make sure that, that we're exploring all those. We want to make sure that, you know, that, that the league is, is – uh, you know, financially healthy and, and is all that stuff is, is worked out. So, um, you know, we're looking forward to, to another season with 11 and FTF and, and, you know, we'd love more distribution partners. Um, you know, 11 and FTF does not have an exclusivity agreement with all the games in the league. Um, and so, and with adding two more teams, we need to go from 132 games to 144 games in the regular season, obviously no network, can handle all that. You know, there's mm-hmm. what network has room for 144 games. And if they have room, it's probably not a good network. Right. So, yeah. um, so we, uh, you know, we, we look to, to enhance our distribution as well of our product, but 11 and FTF are great to have, you know, they have both arms. They have that cable satellite arm, which is so important to us. We get so much social media presence out of people finding us at bars and restaurants and just being intrigued, seeing something on the screen that they haven't before channel surfing, looking through the guide, finding what football is on, you know, all those things um, is, is really important, you know, to us. And then on the digital side, you know, it's, it's important to reach, you know, those new platforms, people that are exploring new apps that they download on their phone or that their smart TV got installed on them, you know, and, 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 and being visible um, on a sports network. So all that is, is um, it's really important. We should know by the end of the week, kind of what we're doing. We really want to, to reinvent uh, kind of how we present the SFL. Um, and we're going to work with, with TV on that. And I don't necessarily, I have written up the release, I don't necessarily want to dive too deep into it because I want to make sure that before we do it, 
um, that it has the chance to succeed or, or that we can, we can do so on the network. But essentially what we're trying to do as a league is we're trying to eliminate the dead time between one game to the next. Um, you know, you, you all have seen it. Uh, Portland plays St. Louis at 7 o'clock. The game ends at 8.48. The next game starts at 9, 8.49, boom, poker. And you're like, damn, where did it go? Where did it go? We should have we gone somewhere. Why didn't we go somewhere? We could have we gone to, to the studio. We we, we, the broadcasters could have talked for 11 more minutes. What happened? Where did it go? Right? And, what is, and what's happening there? And, and really what's happening there is the league is, is having to um, prepare for the next game. And because the league is solely in the business of producing the games, it doesn't – there is no other place to go. Well, we're trying to, to fix that. We're, we're trying to solve that problem so that when a game ends, you do have some place to go before the kickoff of the next one, or you do have another game that you could watch after the first game is over, right? The first game is over. We now send you to blank for the conclusion of X, right? And so and now you are seeing um, another game um, that, that's been going on, whether it be on our network or another platform, another distribution platform, and you're, you're getting that full um, scope of what's going on around the league when the league is on TV. It's not about Portland and St. Louis is on TV from 7 to 9. It's about the SFL is on TV from 7 to 9. You're watching St. Louis and Portland, but there's other things going on. The SFL has more to share with you than just this singular presentation of St. Louis and Portland. So we're really trying to, to hone in on solving that problem. It's very important to me, um, and it's very important to our shield, right, because we, want, we don't want people leaving the TV. We don't want their eyes getting diverted. Because sometimes when a game kicks off 12 minutes later, they don't come back, Right. They just, mm-hmm. oh, that was great. You know, that was a great game. And they don't realize, even though we told them eight times while we were on the air, hey, coming up next, right, it just it doesn't sink in. They leave. And then they, there was another game on, and that game ended up going to overtime. They missed it. They missed the whole thing because they, they, they weren't necessarily glued to the television or we interrupted them with other regularly scheduled programming. We want to, to be a better – um, a better company for that, just like you would see, you know, when, when you've got an NFL doubleheader on a CBS or a Fox at 12 and 325, they don't leave. If your game ends at 310, they send you to bonus coverage, they go to post-game shows, whatever, and then they go out to the next game. They own that TV block from 12 to 7. They own it. That's theirs. They're not going off the air. That's the program. And we want to establish similar things you know, on our end, and, um, you know, there's some partners that could help us do that that we're still negotiating with. There's some, there's some television deals, some distribution deals that can help us um, in, you know, in doing those things. But ultimately, we, we will give – we will have improvements in that area um, and, and working very hard to get there. So um, that, uh, that's, that's the, the big focus, and we're happy to have 11 and FTF 
back, um, you know, in the fold in 2021, which I believe will be our, it'll be our third full season on TV, but it'll be our fourth season on TV in total. And just, just, I mean, I still have to pinch myself every day that the SFL is on television. And it's just the coolest thing. Um, and uh, it just, it's just something that, that no other league uh, of, of our um, level, and that's, that's not to, to be an insult to us, you know. I mean, we're, we're, just, we're just, just a bunch of guys and gals, you know. We're not a suit and tie company. We're not a company with 100 employees. You know, we're just, we just have a passion for this thing. And usually that doesn't make national TV. But we did, then that's a, that's a, it's a testament to our product, and I'm always, you know, uh, it, it, it always makes me giddy just, you know, telling myself, reminding myself, dude, we are on TV. This is pretty cool. Uh, Cam, uh, on behalf of the Audible show Inside the League, we want to thank you for your time. We know you're a busy man, off-season, season's starting soon, so... Uh, we want to thank you for coming on, give us some of your time, and, you know, we're, we're hyped. We're looking forward to the season, and uh, best of luck. We're ready for this. We're all ready to go and hit some people. So thanks so much for coming on tonight. Yeah, did y'all, I'm, I'm, uh, no problem. Uh, I'm wondering if you, guys, uh, if you guys buried Nelson out back somewhere. Is he all right? Usually, <laughs> usually Nelson just has a great wrap-up. You know, <laughs> he, he granted me. Yeah, he grants me. You get benched. You get benched, Nelson. (laughs) No, as as, one hurts from the show tonight. As 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 a no, don't do it. As a great GM that I have, I have great supporting cast with with (laughs) They are amazing. Bernard is okay because he plays he plays for AZ, but my guys KT and Ben. They they were brought here for a reason, and I trust them so much that they can close it out for the great Cam Irvine, uh, who joins us tonight. You are taking shots. To, what are you drinking tonight? It's a Monday, Cam. We you over here. Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> you you just you just got me. You just got me after nine, baby. You, you, it's it's SFL after dark. Yeah, commission after dark. That's where we are. Commission after dark. Hey, I love it. I love it. Hey, last time I, guys, last time I checked, he doesn't have a he doesn't have a copyright on nothing. So, (laughs) you you know, you do it. Yeah, I'll see you tomorrow, Dave. You can do whatever you want. No, but look, Dave. You know, again, we do definitely appreciate it. I know all the guys were very excited to have you. Um, this week, and you can honestly see the type of turnout that you bring up. That you know, folks ask questions, folks are engaged, and it's an awesome thing. And what you've been able to to create uh, has been so huge with the, with such a small period of time, man. I'm just so excited for for what you shared tonight, uh, what's going on in the future, um, and and again, man. Whenever I know you listen to our content all the time, and I always appreciate it because you know your feedback is key. Um, but uh, I just, again, thank you so much for what you've been able to do uh, throughout these years, man. And you honestly do inspire others to stay consistent on our grind because we, we definitely see the grind that you put in every day. Well, I appreciate you guys. Great show. I uh, can't wait, you know, for future installments um, and, uh, you know, see you guys, you guys bring on. And uh, you know what I love? 
I love that I come on this show and I get asked questions that somehow, yeah, I've been, I've been asked them before in some ways, but somehow there's always different stuff that, that we talk about. There's always different uh, points of view. There's the, you're coming at it from different angles. Um, it's, it's great to know that it's, you know, you're not, you're not going to get recycled commish speak on this podcast. You're going to, you know, you're going to get great questions. You're going to get hopefully um, answers that don't put people to sleep. Um, you know, and, and you're going to get, you're going to get a little fun too um, at Ashley's expense. So, you know, what's, how fun is that? I would say everybody's expense, man. Everybody's been catching the heat with you today. <laughs> everybody? No, come on. What did I? Well, let's see. Yeah, Ben is a Patriots fan. Who who did I not get tonight before I uh, I not get anybody? I don't, I don't know. I still smell some scorch marks all over the place. My wife almost yelled, "Dad, what's burning downstairs?" It's, it's all with love. That's just me fired up. Is all uh, season sixteen, man. It's it's gonna be great. Yeah, it's gonna be awesome, right. and, and I'm really excited to see how everything plays out. So thanks again, Cam. Thanks so much, Cam. That was Commissioner Cam Irvine. Check out Inside the League on Friday night. Nelson Lozano, the the flagship of our network. Check that out on Friday. Um, Check us out next Monday on SFO Audible. We'll be back next Monday, 10 p.m. Also, our Discord, Inside the League. Check us out. Hit us up. Let us know what we're doing, how we're doing. If we're doing bad, let us know we're doing good. Let us know. We're okay with that. So, for Ben, for Nelson, Bernard, for Commissioner Kim Irvine, all you listening, thank you so much for listening. I'm KT. We'll see you on Friday, and we'll see you on Monday here on Inside the League. All right. Have a good night. Y'all have a good night. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC.